What's up, everybody? Welcome back to episode two of this mini series, Blaking, Blaking, Breaking the Plateau. We're talking all about breaking the fatality plateau that we've been stuck on for a fair few years. If you've just stumbled across this episode and you've not listened to the episode one of mini series, um, me ranting about the fatality rates, go and check that out first basically that just sets the tone of kind of my frustration and explains the the provisional rates that we've got for 1819 so and 1819 1920 19 1819 yeah sorry anyway what is wrong with me <laughs> today we're talking with paul clack paul clack is doing some awesome awesome things in the game around health and safety and he's passionate about breaking that plateau and thrives on controversy i'm going to talk all about that so without further ado let's get into the podcast health and safety is almost a victim of its own success we're in a pressured regime of health and safety regulations a huge fire engulfs a tower block in London. Children being forced to wear goggles to play conkers at school. Worst oil field disaster, 164 dead. Rebranding Safety, the modern health and safety podcast, crushing the stereotype. And your host, James McPherson. So, Paul, welcome to the podcast. Oh, yeah. Hi, James. Um, yeah, it's nice to be here. You pretty much just uh, come out of nowhere on my LinkedIn, and now I can't seem to get rid of you. Um, you're you're like popping up all over the place, um, which was quite interesting. And then uh, I saw a video that you uh, you did, which I found quite interesting as well. So when I'm doing a bit of research, obviously we had a chat and like said about you coming on the podcast. I did a bit of research on you on yourself. I noticed that you were captain of your your rugby team at Warwick University. Mm-hmm. So first thing I want to know is that league or is that union? <laughs> It's Union, although it's union. Good I don't lad. know if you've been watching much of the NRL lately down in Australia, but I I, I haven't got the legs anymore, or never had <laughs> the legs for that kind of level of rugby. That's, that's some, there's some serious conditioning in league, but I play Union. Okay, you still play? Yeah, yeah, I'm oh, playing for uh, Bradford Navin at the moment. Okay. Um, uh, no, no longer first, I don't think, back in... Uh, at the, uh, at the age of 35, like I said, my knees aren't aren't quite there anymore. <laughs> <laughs> what position you play? Um, I'd like to play centre, but uh, uh, I, I thought you'd be a centre. Yeah, they keep pushing me into back row. So, uh, oh really? Yeah. And the again, classic like partnership of those two roles: you're either a flanker or a centre. You can be either or, and that's fine. They call them like the glory positions, don't they? I, I always used to be a fullback when I played. Nice. And I uh, quite enjoyed it. You've been watching the uh, England games? Yeah, yeah, enjoyed that. It was, um, well, I'd say that, that game on on Saturday wasn't all that good. But I guess, you know, Eddie Jones and um, I can't remember, Warren Gatland, it, I, that was more of a tactical play, wasn't it, that whole game? It was yeah. practising things like the counter ruck and the counter maul and things mm. like that. So, you know, it was a bit stalemate, but, you know, fair play to Wales. They're number one in the world now. Yeah, I got a few uh, Welsh friends and work colleagues that are all giving it the big I am when they they won on Saturday, and I was like, you can carry on running and raving. You beat our B team, so that's fine. I, I'm not. <laughs> I haven't got too much of a problem with that. Anyway, let's crack on. So, I, I mean, I found it quite interesting. Also, looking at on on, on kind of like your LinkedIn, you you look like, and there wasn't much on there before your kind of time at the Global Series, but it looks like you're, you're more from a like sales-based background, which I found interesting. It's the kind of 
what brought you over to kind of like the HSE engagement side of things. So I'd be really interested. Maybe you can just kind of take us on a journey as to where you started and how you come to where you are now and where that kind of passion came from. Yeah, it's a good question. And uh, yeah, it's, um, it's quite a story, really. I mean, I started off originally. Uh, I didn't I didn't necessarily do that well at school. I mean, I was one of those kind of people that just had it had it in them but was too interested in uh in partying girls and rugby you know so i uh <laughs> i probably didn't concentrate as much as i should have done but uh, definitely had the uh the appetite for more of a, a grafting career so th- more of a physical based uh, industrial job and uh, i went into i left college uh or i left school went into college at warwickshire um and actually trained as a, a farrier so if anybody if you don't know what that is that's actually shoeing horses putting shoes on horses not shooting horses oh, okay. as some people seem to think when i say that um, <laughs> but yeah so putting shoes on horses like a blacksmith um uh and i did that for about two three years i left and um uh, because i wasn't enjoying it and then i was a mechanic so again i, I was never necessarily in office based or sales role at all from the age of 16 to around 21 uh and then i i made the made the uh, made the decision because of uh, watching sort of family members so my brother's a farrier my father's a mechanic after seeing them work extremely hard um and they're losing their neck uh, their their back uh, strength and their knee strength at a young age it was is there a way out there to perhaps earn a living um doing something uh you know sort of more office based and make more money um and so that was my my motive really is how can i do something that's not going to be too strenuous on the body but i can actually make a lot of money from you know picking up the phone or knocking on a door so i started a uh, a, a trainee sales role in advertising for a company called GDS, um, uh, GDS Publishing, GDS International, based in Bristol, uh, and that was back when I was about 21. Um, and I've got to, I've got to take my hat off and uh, you know give praise to to Spencer Green, who's the chairman of that firm, and and um, and and the people that were surrounded um, and managed me because they gave me the. Uh, the en- the entrance to uh, how uh, to sales to 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 going out and selling for a living and selling advertising and I just worked my way up in the 11 12 years that I was there I, I worked my way up as a salesman a sales exec to sales manager to sales director then to VP of sales um, uh, overseeing uh, around 35 of their their events uh, globally uh, from the Bristol uh, office I also lived in New York I opened up their North America worked with them on their North America events and also their middle east uh sorry middle east their 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 asia i went down uh, their asia apac operation i opened up their kuala lumpur location back to 2016 um so yeah i mean I, i've been heavily involved uh within sales left gds to go and start my own own adventures um and what I was really passionate about originally was sales, just mainly sales. I, although I was always in, in, involved in senior leadership events organizing, um, my passion was in sales. So I left and started a sales training company, which was called Paul Clark um, uh, Sales Consulting Limited, uh, which is still the limited name of the current business. But that was the, the drive was originally to do contract sales efforts. So actually outsource sales efforts to me from other organizations sales training 
uh, and also a little bit of recruitment in sales as well. So uh, I wrote a book um, that year as well when I started my own business called Building Sales Warriors, which is still on Amazon, if you might want to take a look, um, which was a, a, a very well-selling book uh, within sales. It's more of a sales guide for anybody starting to work their way up from trainee to leadership space, the basics and 10 steps of how to sell uh, an unnurtured lead to developing that into an actual sale and then um, yeah I, I, I was introduced to a few health and safety practitioners during that time um, to help with some of their sales teams uh, I've always had a passion for health and safety as a subject I think mainly because there is a motive which is uh, a model in which it's uh, around uh, I guess in this world being able to save lives and reduce incidents i guess save lives being the, the more practical one because uh, you know we have an opportunity in this industry to keep people safe and I, I love that and um so with my passion being selling uh and events organizing and now wanting to be in that industry i started a, an event called health and safety um uk uh, congress back um in i think it was 2017 um we did our first ever hse uk congress um, and that was where we started with the events organising and health and safety. But hopefully that gives you a bit of a, a bit of an idea on, on my transition from where I started into where we where we are now as a health and safety events organiser. It's mm. interesting. Like you, you never really hear a salesman say, "I had a bit of a passion for or an interest at least in in health and safety." That's quite that's quite good. Oh, you must have had some dealings with some good safety consultants otherwise you might have gone the other way you're the other way yeah i mean i think the thing i think what you start to learn you know over your career is that you start to find what it's called your dharma you know your purpose in life and yeah you know i can sell i can sell ice to the eskimos but that was only ever for my benefit um unfortunately and uh, you know i've done extremely well selling things but um, sales is about it's about connection. It's about it's about individualism, but also creating that engagement between people um, and that that environment. And um, it's not just about selling something to someone and them taking it away from you and using it for the greater good. I think sales is all it's all about people and people. You know, people buy off people, um, and I think that breaks through um, with health and safety is because you get somebody like myself who's a little bit different to the others that is uh, approachable and, and knows how to connect the right people together in a way that they can help solve problems mm. and this is a, this is a market right now as as you well know um in health and safety where we, we've really reached uh, you know a certain plateau in improvement um across hse um it's a real critical time where the rate of major incidents and fatalities hasn't reduced at all in nearly seven years um and i'm a big believer with what we do um the events physical the right kind of physical based events james can can help people engage with each other and solve some of the biggest challenges you know um you know just having conversations even if you have a conversation down the pub you know with a mate and you've got issues with a relationship you know just sitting there and chewing over talking chewing the fat and talking through your problem you always come out, you know, 75% of the time with with some answers. Um, and that's what I truly believe there is a no nonsense opportunity uh, with engaging the right people at the right time to break through and, and find solutions and find answers, if that makes sense. 
It 100% makes sense, yeah. I totally get that. I mean, the kind of... If everything you're saying just kind of resonates for me. Kind of like preaching to the to the converted 100%. I just had um, uh, someone else come around to the, the studio for a podcast interview the other day and made quite a valid point that everyone that comes on the podcast seems to agree mm. um, with like kind of my outlook and, and you're very much the same. Maybe I should start getting some people on that don't agree and just see what happens there. But you, yeah. you, you're right when you say about the plateau and, and the, the kind of fatalities rate, we have just kind of just kind of sat at this same level where I don't know whether people consciously think that that's acceptable maybe it's subconscious or maybe they think this is the best we'll ever get I, I don't know but I mean if, if you look at the the rates now I mean we, we've been around 130 to 140 for the last couple of years but the last three or four years uh, sorry the last couple of years we've been coming up you know, I think the figures have come in provisionally at 147 this year, whereas the year before they were 144 and then 142. So actually now we're starting to see an upward trend. Um, and then and then I was thinking about it as well the other day when I was thinking, well, OK, maybe the fatalities have gone down and maybe the physical injuries have gone down. But it'd be very interesting to see how many. Uh, I don't know if there's any way that anyone more, much more intelligent than me could ever do it. But is there a way of tying suicides and mental health to workplace and seeing that what are those figures going up um because i think when we had jason anchor on um he said something very similar to what you've kind of just said is that we've got so good at the physical side of safety that what we've actually forgot and what we've lost now is the social side if you think back in back in the day everyone would go down the working men's club or the conservative club or whatever and it was always everyone would go in a pub and everywhere had their own community we've, we've lost that now and like you just said, you know, going down to a pub and chewing a fat with a mate can make so much difference. So it'd be really interesting to kind of see that side of things. Yeah, I think you're totally right. I think it kind of resonates with what I've been trying to achieve. I think, you know, a lot of people, you know, we're a family run business, uh, but both me and Katie uh, Clark have over 20 years of events organizing experience. But what's nice about what resonates really well with the industry and what me and Katie do is we're, you know, we're raw, we're real. There's no airs and graces. There's no BS. What you see is what you get. I mean, I think you said to me something about my tattoos, you know, it's, yeah. it's a significant message in which, you know, we're not trying to say, well, look, this it's kind of, this is me, this is us, this is the issue. Uh, it, it, not the issue, sorry, excuse me. This is me, this is us, this is what we do. There's no airs and graces, but this mm. is our objective. You know, looking through, getting beyond the, the fluff, if you like, of the, mm. the situation and looking core to the real core of uh, of what we're trying to achieve. And that is that we're real raw and we are honest and we are going in a direction to try and help people. Our objective is to provide products, events, you know, digital products, um, the charity, which we can talk about a little bit later on. Um, that can help people, you know, that can support. And, and it really is simple. It's just putting the right motivated minds, the right kind of citizenship, the right uh, people in the right place at the right time, because there are incredible, you interview some of these guys, you know, you, I know you interviewed Jason Anchor. What a brilliant, brilliant, brilliant guy uh, who's learned a hell of a lot. What a great story. Um, and we, we share his story all over the globe with our products. Um, and there are so many fantastic individuals that just by meeting each other, they're already moving forward and simply coming away and doing something different. Something different must be done. 
you know, if organizations are, are to break through uh, the safety plateau and unlock this sort of next stage of safety performance. I mean, there's a lot of, uh, you know, what I love is controversy. I mean, I've met numbers of people that say, you know, I, you know, there's a lot of controversy around safety differently. You know, there's some people that love the message, some people that don't. Mm. Uh, you know, I'm an, I, I, I wouldn't like to say my opinion. Right? I'm not a safety professional, so it's very difficult for me to give an opinion after these guys that have 20, 30, 40 years uh, of health and safety pra uh, practitioner knowledge. So it's very difficult for me to give an opinion. But the one thing I would say is there are a lot of um, there's a lot of theories around safety practices, safety based policies, procedures, training has has helped, you know, behavioral safety and training itself and uh, behavioral safety uh, training programs has created a lot greater awareness of the importance of safety and improved the use of behavior based safety tools such as risk assessment assessments. Organizations still find themselves facing a safe, safety plateau, but there are multiple um, uh, the, my point is that if you were to put Sidney Decker, Todd Conklin, uh, Eric Holnagel, these fantastically influential, brilliant minds that are changing the face of this industry, and some of the guys on the ground that are re responsible, even at manager level for direction and st strategy, get these guys together around a table. I have absolutely no doubt that we can cut through the fluff a bit, a bit, a bit like I was saying about how we're perceived, and I'm perceived because I'm very controversial in the, <laughs> my approach um but very raw and very real if we can get these guys together in a place at the right time and raw real and we can in, we can increase the motivation uh, around breaking through these current situations and then you know once we get to that point james as well is when we get to the point of where it's reducing how do we keep it there when we mm. get to zero when we get to zero how do we keep it at zero so you know this is an ever um you know organic currently but this is an ever evolving space and uh yeah it's it's an exciting one at the same time but god it's critical as well because you know we are just there are too many families uh, like you said this this number has increased there are too many families uh you know individuals that are, that are suffering right now due to incidents and and uh, that could, could could have been prevented and that's probably the most that's the hardest thing to get over if you know what i mean 100 percent. i mean there's so much you said there that we're going to talk about i'm just kind of scribbling it all down in my mind feeling right don't forget this don't forget this but i think let, let's kind of start off with the with the fluff and the controversy piece because i i and, and, and I will be honest, that, that was what kind of drew me to that first video I watched of you. And, and you get that initial kind of reaction um, that, that's kind of ingrained in everybody by the corporate perception of what you should be when you go to work. You know, you should be clean cut, in a shirt, blah, blah, blah. And you get that, you watch a video of yourself and, you know, for those of you that don't know, you've got like quite... Uh, visual tattoos on your neck and i mean personally outside of work i think that looking awesome but <laughs> it's like when you're when you're in that kind of corporate mindset your first initial reaction is like oh doesn't look very professional and then i remember challenging myself and going well shut up james like you're because i'm personally so against this kind of perception of professionality like why can't we judge people on what they're delivering and um what they're saying and what they're doing as opposed to what they look like you know everyone says oh you get a job in the first 30 seconds of an interview i think well that's a load of like mm. you know what if some you go in and you think oh i don't like this guy's got tattoos or if it was up to me i'd go to an interview with a cap on for god's sake because i can't be bothered to do my hair but you never would do that but it's that 
and we i think we're worse in health and safety and and a kind of a slightly loosely connected point of that i'm trying to get to is that i put on uh on linkedin a few days ago i don't know if you saw it but i put on linkedin a few days ago about the overuse of of high vis in health and safety videos mm. um so now I, I make a lot of health and safety videos the point of them being very very non typical health and safety stuff it's just a normal guy not not this guy in a shirt at the top of the shard or whatever so i think i've wore a high vis in my video once and i did it to take the piss um so i basically said you're devaluing the use of these of these high vis you're misleading people and you you you're kind of encouraging that perception of health and safety gone mad so stop using them now i would say about 80% of people were like yes i 100% agree but the people that didn't agree with what i was saying were so passionate about it and i just wonder is that because i'm missing something or is it because they're sucked in by the fluff of health and safety of what they've kind of been told over the years that or just wear a high vis anyway it's like it doesn't make sense to me it's that kind of it's the same thing as that kind of corporate controversy you're talking about we've got it but maybe even worse in health and safety yeah I mean, I couldn't agree with you more, and that's you're bang on. There's a number of the way that I look at it is like peeling the onion. There's multiple layers of the onion, mm. um, and with me, um, not just me. I think you know, look at Todd Conklin. I mean, Todd um, is one of the the most influential guys in in the world right now in this space, um, and he is just him. You know, that's what I love about Todd is he is him. Um, I'm a very deeply spiritual. Uh, man so I believe in higher consciousness in that uh, you know to be really in touch with yourself it, it doesn't matter what you're wearing it doesn't matter about the shell that we and our, our bodies uh, carry our spirit within it's it, that's all rubbish it's really what's deep down inside the core of that onion which is the most important part and that, that Todd's a, a prime example and that's not to say that Todd's appearance is anything but brilliant <laughs> but he he is you just he resonates pure passion uh, and um uh, and he is just one hell of a fantastic speaker and he only has to open his mouth within 30 seconds you know he means business and he is going to be one of the biggest movers and shakers in the world in this industry to help break through this current safety plateau and his thoughts and feelings on human performance are just second to none but that comes down to a few things right just if i come back obviously if i may to your question mm-hmm. there's a huge percent you know people can go within 30 within five seconds of an interview right if you see somebody that's got tattoos and you don't like them what's that got to do with the message that i'm purveying um yeah, you know, the, the, you'd be written that this is the thing that we have to do in hse and in, in safety Uh, across the board is we've got to be ready to change and we've got to be willing to facilitate change and there's is the stats show that we're not whatever we're doing at the moment we're not doing and we're not doing enough uh to reduce the the injury rates to to a point that's going to be uh help us break through the current plateau and improvement so we have to be in a position where we have to do things differently and we've got to, we've got to peel those layers of the onion in order to understand exactly how we can advance our practices um to help keep keep people safe and we're talking we're not talking about global uh, uh, plateau improvement we're talking about markets that have 
uh, huge economy opportunities um, that uh, have financial st stability, uh, you know, within reason. You know, you've got the UK, Europe, North America. That's where the HSC statistics have come from. Seven years. And like you said, I haven't, I haven't looked at the recent stats, but if they're increasing, we're in a seriously challenging situation. I believe that's why, you know, I've attended a number of events, James, in the past 12 months just to gain a feel for everything and again i'm going to be controversial i'm not going to say you know and people who run events might turn around and go um I, this is detriment to their business but there a lot of these events are just about lining lining their pockets uh, we if we make money that's great but our our dharma our goal as an events organizer is to use all our years of experience in sales and events management to be able to provide a product that can genuinely help senior leaders, health and safety leaders, reduce the number of incidents and save lives. That's our objective. If we make some cash along the way, that's absolutely fantastic. That's great news. But our Dharma, our, 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 our goal you know, on this earth is to be able to provide engagement solutions digitally and physically that can help these guys who are, do you know, I've got to take my hats off to them, who, are, who have given their lives, their careers, to keeping people safe and that is that's a feat in itself that is a hard feat and so what better than to have a, an opportunity to engage peer on peer with safety professionals uh and share some of the best content some of the best networking dinner you know I, I, you know when do you get the vice president of health and safety of a of a fortune 500 with another vp hse from fortune 500 actually knock hips sit down have a have a beer together and that's what our events are all about it's about engagement but it's also about supporting these guys in their field rather than having charging them god knows how much money to come along and hope to walk around 100 booths uh, and come out with a solution and it's time wasted at the end of the day so we're just trying to cut through the fat and we're just trying to do it in a way um yeah it, like you say i mean it, it is controversial uh, you know what we're doing isn't controversial it's simple really what we're doing but i guess you know people look at us and think you know i think I was the last person one of the clients at europe turned around to me and said Paul, you do not look like you should be in health and safety. You look like you should be at a rock concert. <laughs> it was just fair enough. He, he was probably right. But, um, you know, at the end of the day, we, we're the mover and shaker in this industry for events and, and well, we're engagement services. And, and that's the way we want to be. And I think that's a reflection of how the industry should be. We need some movers and shakers. Um, you know, it's also as well. Sorry to go on a bit, because I'm sure. You no, know. you carry on, mate. It's all good well, stuff. Well, there's the, the thing that I would say is that you know we're also in an industry um, that is uh, always, and I mean this with all due respect, but this isn't my words. It's actually come from the market itself, and we've got a series of major advisory councils in the UK, Europe, North America, made up of industry leaders of the highest order. But it's very much an aging industry, health and safety, and what we, 100%. as a group of uh, of events organisers end users, solution partners, HSE professionals, as a team, united we are on trying to encourage Gen Zs, millennials to come into this market. Okay. So uh, I think the other thing is we're a face as an events organizer, as a young events organizer, I say young, I'm 35, but uh, you know, we, <laughs> we, we want to be the face of making this industry exciting again, you know, making it raw, making it real. And I think that's the kind of angle that we want to communicate as well, that we want to move away from also a paper pushing industry and turn this into a high technology market you know because that that in itself no matter what if we can 
use predictive analytics, if we can use virtual reality solutions to help with health and well-being, if we can use drone technology to monitor uh, major explosions and uh, and um, uh, major incidents, you know, um, uh, catastrophic uh, incidents, you know, we, we, we should be moving in that direction at a lot faster pace than we already are. Um, and that's not including markets that Middle East that are very early stage. So, you know, we're trying, uh, we're not just trying to events organize. I guess my, my point here, James, is my company is trying to be the face of change alongside, uh, you know, on the back burner, directing this market um, into more exciting uh, future-based safety programs. Well, I mean... <laughs> <laughs> Spot on, mate. I mean, you're literally. I, I just, if we had a, if this was a video call, you'd just see me aggressively like nodding my head the whole way through. It, the, when you said there about like it's an aging industry, that for me was just like it's, it's spot on. I remember when I used to work for a, a company and we had a massive, and I mean massive, health and safety team. They were huge, and uh, it spanned all the way across the UK. And I used to joke with a colleague of mine when we cancelled the, we used to do like a conference every year where the whole team would get together. Um, it was a big thing. It was like two days and you would go to this conference and it got cancelled one year and it got cancelled the next year. And oh, what? And somebody said to me, why do you think it's getting cancelled? And I said, because I can't find a city with enough defibrillators because everyone's so close to having a stroke or a heart attack. Because the team is so old, but I actually got a phone call a couple of weeks later from my boss saying that I've offended someone by using that by by that joke. They're implying that everyone's on death's door, and I was like, they are. Like yeah. I'm, I was I was 26 when I worked there, 28 now. I had to think about that then, and it's like yeah. I'm. I'm still the youngest in the room all the time. I am the youngest health and safety professional on average that I've come around. Now, there are there are people out there my age doing this stuff. But one of the biggest passions for me personally is to kind of bring to another one of your points is that the reason we call this podcast and YouTube channel Rebranding Safety is because that's the point. We want to challenge that you don't look like you should be working in health and safety. You look like you should be in a, a rock conference. You know, well, what what does health and safety look like? What, what does it look like? It normally looks like an old, overweight, w- white guy in a high-vis. And that's not that's not what it is. It's just anybody. Anyone that wants to do it, come and do it. And actually, it's actually one of the most, in my opinion, one of the most interesting industries to work in because it's, it's one of few roles in a business where you get to put your fingers in every single pie of the business. Mm-hmm. You extend everywhere. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean... It- I get, every time, you know, I've had this my whole career, really, because when people ask me what I do, it's not, well, I'm a doctor. Uh, yeah. uh, what I do or, you know, I'm, even if you say I'm in sales, they want more. You know, what do you mean you're in sales? What do you do? You know, it's when I say that I'm, you know, if, if I look at my old employer, uh, I was a, a sales sales director, a B2B events organizer. Again, they kind of don't know. And but when I say that I do health and safety, people look at me and go, "Oh, that must be boring." I mean, that's yeah. the current perspective, and that's me. I'd say majority of the time I say that I work in health and safety because I do. You know, I'm an events organizer. I'm more of an events organizer, but I am passionate about HSC. And my long-term objective is to be more of a thought leader in this space. When I learn it, when I become a little bit more in depth in, in understanding 
health and safety because it is probably only really three years I've been getting my feet wet and understanding the market and involved. But, you know, when I ask people, you know, uh, what market do you, they ask me, what market do you work in? They say health, health and safety. They go, oh, that's a boring industry. Oh, it's all about hard, hard, hard hats and clipboards. Yeah. But that's the perception that people have of safety, which, you know, is, isn't good. You know, these are normal people, you know, that work in normal jobs and health and safety is holistic through anything you do, you know, let alone your own personal safety. But in any workplace safety, you know, any workplace that they work, they'll have a health and safety set of procedures or certainly a, a due diligence to their own health and safety that they have to proceed. And that what's that say about this market that it's it's boring. You know, how do we inject a bit of life into health and safety, you know, where we come away from you know, it being a boring paper pushing industry and actually get people to realize that this is the this is serious stuff. Not only is it in, incrementally important because of your own safety, personal safety, corporate corporate health and safety. I mean, health and well-being, we're seeing a drastic increase in health and well-being issues. I mean, I could talk all day about that. But I mean, it's the influx of technology that our bodies aren't used to using. You know, social media, that's the biggest cause, I think, of major health and well-being issues in in the workplace um you know and but we're seeing this and i guess my point is sorry james that you know we need to inject a bit of life into this market and i think from definitely from the events side uh we're doing that but how do we do it i guess within business within industry um is we need to make it attractive um and yeah, i don't have all the answers but i think that's an incremental challenge is bringing a bit of fresh blood in that can come with fresh ideas new ideas and i'm a big believer that technology can be key to uh to to this plateau but that's my opinion anyway i agree i think i think change comes you know one by one you know i've always kind of described changes as like a virus you know if i change the way i work the next person i talk to you know just an, an example of that my one of the reasons i started rebranding safety is my best friend is a, a builder and quite the opposite of a safe person ever um he's, he's a yeah. pain in the ass um yeah. but he said you know actually just from the years I've been working in safety and talking to him about it and saying my frustration and what and me learning and stuff like that, he said, well, actually, he's inherently become a safer person because he understands what it's there for and actually how to do it properly, not how we currently do it. And for me, that was a big it was a nice thing to hear don't get me wrong but it was also that well if i can make that change to one person maybe we can do it more and it takes people like yourself as well they're coming into the market and saying no i don't accept this this is not what it is and, and we need to change that and then the next person you work with or talk to it could be anybody but they'll change and then the next one will change but i think it's on us as safety professionals and people working in the safety industry to drive that change by ourselves and eventually it will come but it's a it's a massive challenge. Uh, it is a huge challenge, and that's pretty much what I do on LinkedIn all day: is just challenge people um, and, and piss them off, and <laughs> and then lose connections. <laughs> you can't. I mean, at the end of the day, if if currently the situation is something needs to change, something needs to happen, um, and as much as some people may not like this. Now, let's be open and honest. You know, a lot of people don't like the way I look, but that doesn't change. It's not, it doesn't change the fact that something needs to happen within the events industry to help these senior guys. I have people knocking on our door, you know, very senior guys. The responses from our North America Congress were just out of this world. They were just like, this is the cutting edge 
and and not for any reason apart from the fact they got what they needed out of it. Mm. Um, you know, they didn't. They, time is money, and you know, at the end of the day, if they're spending two, three days, uh, you know, at some of these massive events, you know, where they, you know, there's two hundred thousand bloody people. I mean, even that just gives me anxiety. You know, I just think <laughs> at the end of the day, let's just let's not beat around the bush. Let's go get straight to business. Let's cut through the b- bullshit and let's 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 try and serve and provide uh, service that people really really need. Uh, and that's good quality conversation and engagement um, and access to the right kind of technology and approach. I mean, I'll give you an example. One of my best clients, Airs Web. I'm sure they won't mind me mentioning their names, but these guys are are very much that their approach is absolutely fantastic. Their technology is absolutely top draw, but the way they approach um, the health and safety market with their messaging is superb. But their team on site, uh, Richain Lee, Jason, uh, Don, um, uh, they are just fantastic at being able to engage with uh health and safety professionals their approach is just top draw um and that again is they have a technology that i've had people coming out of my events going wow you know i need that i need that solution in my life we need that solution in our business and i've come away saying i didn't even know they did that so we're breaking through in in a number of ways you know we're helping health and safety uh, uh, practitioners engage with other practitioners to solve problems we're also introducing health and safety practitioners into technology partners that didn't even know that technology existed. And for me, that's breakthrough stuff. And that's only going to benefit this market. And hopefully, you know, we talk about the safety plateau, but let's let's look at the bigger picture because we will get there. You know, this will help consistently keep people safe. And um, yeah, so, I mean, that, that, that's sort of where I'm looking at uh, looking at, at the moment, Jay. I think you're right. I think you you kind of hit a good point there where you finished off on on the plateau. We need to do probably think, you know, beyond that. I think the I, my um good friend of mine and my wife always take the piss out of me because <laughs> I always talk about the actual like if let's say for example I uh, I don't know a person annoys me and I'll always go like a in a passing comment I say I don't know why I work every day to keep people alive when they piss me off so much <laughs> and it's it's just a joke, but. And my, my wife always goes like, you're not, you're not working in NHS, Jays. You're not keeping people alive. And I think, actually, let's really think about what health and safety is. It, it's the potential that it could change and improve the NHS. Mm-hmm. You know, if we can stop people getting to the NHS, health and safety professionals could be the answer that the NHS has got. We've got a mental health problem. Well, what, are we the cause of that mental health problem? As, as as businesses and industries, the potential of our industry, if we get this right, is phenomenal. It's just unbelievable what we could actually do. Yeah. We could be happier. We could be safer. We could be physically, more, you know, more able. We could just all live in such an amazing place and work in a, an amazing place. I do not feel comfortable in the few years when I have kids or whatever, sending my kids out to work in some of the businesses that I see now that are just churning out health and safety for the sake of churning it out. And you're not realizing the potential of this stuff at the moment. We're just going, 
I, 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 the way I look at it is I think we spot hazards and we assess liability. We don't assess risk. We say what, what, where, what's going to send us to court. And can you imagine working for somebody that actually all they care about is being compliant with the law? So what if there was no law? Are we going to bring ch- ch- children labour back and have them crawling under machines and going up chimneys again? I don't, I don't think we would. I hope not. You know, I, I have faith in the humanity. Um but it's just the potential of us, like you're saying there, would be just phenomenal. So to kind of close it up and bring it to our next point then, you mentioned about the expo. And I've been to like the, the a lot of the health and safety expos and not just the, the expo in London, but all the other ones around the country as well. Um, they do provide a value. Yes, yes. But I do think for me... I stopped going um, and I'd be interested to get your opinion on it. But the reason I kind of stopped going um, or the the only reason I used to go really was one, because uh, Nigel Owens did it one year. And then I think last year, Johnny Wilkinson did it a year, uh, another year, Brian Cox was there. And it just, I always go to these things and I just think, well, I'm only here really to see Brian Cox or Nigel Owens or whatever. And I might go to a couple of health and safety Pacific speak. Uh, speakers but actually this is the health and safety expo i don't really do anything other than collect free shit and watch somebody that talks about nothing related to health and safety and they're always the busy talks when you get like the interesting debates or something they get a bit busy but they're nowhere near these kind of people that are not talking about health and safety and i thought does that tell us something about why people are actually here they're not actually there to kind of break through this plateau it's so was my question then to very long-winded but was that did you think that was a gap in the market or did you just were you frustrated by it and you just thought actually we're not getting anything out of this or what what was it that kind of you thought this network that you're doing now this kind of 360 engagement and getting people all together um breaking with technology and professionals and bringing them together which is amazing what was that kind of um what do they call it like break glass moment that light bulb yeah. moment yeah no dude, fantastic question so there's a couple of things on that, though, if I may, if I just re- rewind. So, I mean, that's yeah. sort of 360. Bear in mind, you know, this didn't come overnight. You know, the one thing as a typical entrepreneur um, is I do chuck myself in the deep end and then I start to put the puzzle together as in the mix as I'm doing things. You know, I, I'm, uh, I like to get myself right in the middle of the boat. Uh, and I knew that this market is one that we can support. I mean, with events, you've got to keep it fresh. You've got to keep it new. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I find some of the topics fascinating. But, you know, with, for example, I'm, into, I'm I'm friends with Lewis Moody. So uh, Lewis Moody is, uh, he used to be our coach, actually, or one of the director of rugby for Bradford Avon Rugby Club. Um, and uh, he's a great guy. And he's got some really good, I mean, he was captain of England. So uh, he's got I absolutely love Lewis Moody. Yeah, he's a love great him. guy and he's a good friend and uh, we've done some really good things together and you know he's been he was a huge advocate of my business when I started out he was very supportive you know but sort of you know verbally and um, giving me the, the direction but um, you know we, we were looking at Lewis to come and speak at HSE UK to talk about mental health and well-being um, and also um, uh, leadership you know leadership within the game and using that as a means to I think one of the things that is important is, you know, we can pull in these rock, rock star speakers because you think it's going to draw a crowd. So, you know, you you look, you could put Sidney Decker is like the Foo Fighters or the Raw Blood or uh, the Biffy Clyro of, uh, yeah. of health and safety, you know, or the or the Calvin Harris of the dance music scene, which is great. <laughs> it draws a crowd. And I love that. But do you know what? Like I, anybody can do that. 
Um, I think anybody can do that. I think we're in a market that it needs shaking up. Um, I would the one thing I would say, and this is I've got a really strong opinion on this, but I think we need to turn health and safety um, from being uh, an industry um, and turning it into a way of life. Um, mm. And what I mean by that is we should be we should be educating uh, anybody and everyone through school on health and safety. Um, and trying to turn that from it being an industry that you walk into or the minute I start a company, health and safety is a policy within an organization or something we need to adhere to because people don't like hierarchy. They don't like having to adhere to something and they can sometimes become passive and I guess res resist being told what to do. I'd say it's quite a large amount of the world that are resistant and can be quite passive and quite arrogant into well you tell me to do that i'm going to do it this way or, or lazy and there's all sorts of things that lead up to an incident actually happening it's like grassroots stuff i think we should be educating i think the government should be highly involved in us trying to bring education on health safety um the big one mental health you know kids are coming into a a, a, a transformation in digital that is moving so fast Right, we, we the technology today is gonna is never gonna be any slower. It's just gonna get faster and faster and faster. It's gonna we are not built as human beings to deal with the level of technology that is being thrown on us on a second every second of the day. You know, our brains we were not built in humanity to be able to deal with this, and so we're constantly overloaded. And health and well-being is one of the biggest reasons people have workplaces to listen jason anchor his health and well-being was the reason that he made the wrong decision that day which caused him um to uh, to have that incident you know is and it was a it's, this call can be fixed but it's it's not just something that happens overnight a bit like me coming into this industry i'm learning what i'm doing it's grassroots stuff and I think health and safety, I can chuck rock star speakers at our events all the time. But if we really want to get change on the industry, I think we need to start building an industry or building uh, health and well-being as a way of life, a way of understanding, a chemical, a part of our makeup of awareness, rather than it being an industry that we all have to fall into and we work under. Now, I'm very passionate about that. But the other thing is, I think with um, moving and shaking an event, I think it's that breakthrough moment when, you know, you just, uh, you'll have to attend an event, James. I'll bring you along to Lisbon or to the one in the UK in Leicester. Um, you'll see it's those breakthrough moments where you just see people coming out of that meeting where we haven't listened to somebody talk at you for, for an hour and a half, two hours where people were just falling asleep. But you've got people challenging each other in a workshop. You've got 45 senior decision makers and you've got somebody that has a message. And you know what? Let that man speak, challenge it. And then you'll see the, the, the opposition challenge back and you come out with a solution. And I think that's the game changer is just you can be oh, there's great minds that are low level. There's fantastic minds that are high level. Um, I think it's brilliant that you're seeing I, we speak to a lot of people on human performance at the moment. Um, yeah. There's a lot of ex-rugby players. Uh, Dan Hitkiss is one of them. Uh, I don't know Dan personally, uh, but Dan Hitkiss, I believe, has started an organisation or certainly works within organisations pushing human performance methods. Um, but they've learned from the sport. So 
there's so much i think in terms of bringing in different thoughts different feelings different industries different games sports um markets that can help because like i say health and safety is holistic and i don't think it matters as long as somebody's got an idea it, it can be controversial it can be com sometimes conflicting uh, and it certainly could be uh, an opportunity for them to put forward their thoughts and feelings i think we're on the right path uh, but our events are the vehicle for enabling that if that kind of makes sense it does 100 percent i again you know just one wholeheartedly agree with pretty much everything <laughs> you're saying um i just when you said about like it kind of just being a way of life that for me just resonates so much i mean i was having kind of like a little business chat with the wife uh, a few days ago and and she asked me you know what what's the what's the aim of rebranding safety you know the long-term aim i said in essence is to put health and safety out of business other than specialist people, like really specialist people for real high risk stuff, I shouldn't exist. My job should not exist. They're basic skills. I'm not a very academic person. You know, I didn't go to university, quite similar to yourself. Um, I just fell into health and safety, learned how to, you know, learn the concept of risk assessments and the risk assessment document and all this other stuff. And I don't want to get on my high horse and start ranting about it. The point is that, like, the simple skills that the businesses should be doing themselves and we shouldn't have this add-on team on the side of it and i just think yes you can have people to come and help you do the admin whatever but i really do think there is a potential out there for it just to be a way of life just something we do all the time because we all risk assess all the training i do and i deliver training i always say to people have you ever done a risk assessment and they'll be like yeah it, i did this document and it was for a machine or it's for this i'm like, all right have you ever done a risk assessment outside of work no i'm not i'm not a health safety professional james i'm not sad like you and it's like all right so when you don't cross a, a crossing you cross 100 meters down the road you, is that not a risk assessment you do it all the time. We're amazing at it. Kids are really good at it. You know, ask mum if they can have any sweets. And then mum says no. And you go and ask dad. That's a risk assessment. Mm -hmm. And it's that sure. kind of way of life that we really need to get into. But I mean, I'm just conscious of time. And, and I don't want to, to be honest, I could sit here and talk to you all day. I think, Paul, <laughs> um, I, I'm, I'm fascinated by your charity. I, I'm, you know, you've got, it's a very kind of, even just the network stuff and the kind of breaking through the plateau, that's a very kind of moral kind of thing you're doing there. Um, what what kind of brought you around to creating a charity and that kind of giving back even more? Because the argument could be made that actually just by doing what you're doing through the network, you're giving back anyway. So um, what made you think, oh, we're not, we're not doing enough. I want to do charity work. Or where, how did that come about? I guess when you look at any the situation is you've got uh, let's look at the uh, the wider map the web if you like of of uh, the the sectors so you've got the health and safety professionals that are put into place to keep people safe within an organisation you've got the associations you know that are putting together the legislation the procedures the standardisations um, to ensure that companies can can follow procedure and stay safe as a as a corporate entity and you've got the, the events organisers so you know you've got the events organisers like me who put the opportunities together for people to discuss all this to break through find the content and the ideas and the solutions 
friends, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, to meet with each other, to to mind share, all that kind of jazz. And then you've got, you know, the um, and that could include digital online as well. You know, with physical and digital products, that's what we do. And then you've got the solution partners, you know, that provide technology that can help the HSC professionals or or, or even provide services, you know, training that keeps. HSE professionals to help keep people safe but then you've got another area which is the people that are unfortunately have these major incidents the families that are affected by losing their their loved ones you know and we forget we obviously we're not forgetting about them but we we know we sometimes we look at them as a statistic you know and I think Mm. that's that's quite sad you know mm. I, I know i get it we've got to look at the stats but let's really get down and, uh, and again it's that peeling the onion let's look, look really deep into those layers and you're not you're looking at the effect of families that, that are suffering you know uh, children that have lost their fathers and mothers you know that are really really struggling that maybe not focused at school that need the right health and well-being support uh, to deal with these situations i mean God forbid anything ever happened to me. I, I would want somebody to be there to support my children, uh, you know, outside of a family. Um, and we live in a time where, unfortunately, uh, currency, money dictates how we can deal with things in the right way. Some people aren't as fortunate as others. And in fact, you know, it's only going to get harder. You know, life's only going to get tougher financially because of... Uh, <clears throat> the challenges that we have in the economy uh, hopefully things turn but you know at the end of the day we want to provide support as an organization we're doing all the right things with our events we're doing all the right things with our digital products um, and we're doing all the right things and I like to think that I'm doing all the right things in terms of speaking and messaging to try and educate the market and bring in the right people but one thing we, we need to unite on is what do we do about this other part of the 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 uh, the web that that need support, that need help, that need guidance, uh, whether it be, you know, for certain amounts of money to help them with the health and well-being, um, you know, counselling or anything like that, or, you know, anything, you know, it can be anything. But the whole point of this is that we are, as an organisation, creating that final prong, uh, which is going to help support that other part of the web, which is the people that are affected by major incidents and fatalities of loved ones. Um, but outside of insurance, you know, insurance, some people, uh, insurance will only cover a certain amount of things. Maybe they don't have insurance. You know, I don't know. But we're going to create a global charity. It's going to start, first of all, mainly for the UK to support UK incidents and fatalities. Um, hopefully uh, there aren't many of them moving forward. But if there are, uh, we are encouraging. First of all, we're encouraging the web. The website's being built at the moment and the charity is being set up by my team. And we're going to encourage uh, for our events, as you can imagine, we get a lot of sponsorship, but uh, companies being companies, they ask for discounts. We're actually encouraging those discounts to go directly into the charity. So they can be 5%, 10% of the total sponsorship fee of you know anything from five to £25,000. So, you know, that goes directly into the charity. And on my organization... Uh, will be dedicating 10% of its annual profits to go directly into that charity as well. And like I say, once the charity is set up, uh, we're, we're encouraging ambassadors from all over the world to come in and help drive the charity to, to create funding. Um, and that money is going to be there for people to apply for anything, you know, from as minimum as £500 for, for, for counselling 
to 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 fifty thousand for anything serious that they need to help um, uh, rebuild their lives. Um, so and they can apply for that directly through the website. Um, and if they hit the criteria needed, then uh, they will receive the funds to help them with their, their situation. So that's 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 the plan. It's still early days, but that's where we are with the with the charity right now. That's phenomenal. I mean, I got nothing much to say about that other than you know, well done, congratulations. What what a, what a, what a guy to kind of spot that. You, you guys and your your team. That's phenomenal. That kind of. <laughs> You, you are right. I don't think we purposely forget those people, but they do. And I don't. I don't know if "forget"s the right word, like you were saying, but but they do, in, in in essence, become a statistic. And I do think that's one of the most powerful things, not about Jason's story, but about Abby, his daughter's story, where she talks about the effect on her and 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 Jason's best friend as well is now a motivational speaker as well, and and he talks about the effect on him, and it's just it kind of knocks you back and you do sit there and think, okay, as a business, if we kill someone or we've, you know, really hurt someone, that is bad and we will feel bad about that. But corporate memory is not very long, is it? Let's be honest. No. And, and you know, touch wood, I've never had a fatality or, or not so much of a serious, um, you know, kind of real life-changing injury, but I would feel so morally obligated to kind of go and help those people but if you're part of a business you would have to do that outside because i don't think the business would support them any more than what they what they can and that does vary on the kind of moral integral uh kind of policy or whatever of your business but mm. i would i would suspect that we do forget about those the collateral damage and the process beyond and that we let the insurance company take over and and that is a phenomenal kind of challenge you've set yourself but hats off to you and and congratulations and i and i really hope that that kind of works out and i don't know how but if there is any way that rebranding safety or myself can help you out and that we we would support that 100 percent whether it's a a fun run or a bike ride or whatever. Yeah. Um. We we definitely help you there. That's an amazing, amazing thing you've done there. Thank you. Um. And I, I look forward to seeing it. Yeah. I mean, uh, thank you very much. I mean, there's always again, it's all about collaboration. We're all in this together, and that's what I always try to say. Uh, when I I do the keynote for most of my events, just to speak up on who we are and what we're trying to achieve and what the objective are. And, you know, whether you're running podcasts, which, are, you know, I admire what you do uh, greatly, you know, and fair play, uh, you know, it is um, fantastic. I've listened to your podcast. They're fantastic. And you're going in the right direction. Any kind of education, any kind of messaging is good. You know, we just need to keep getting it out there and keep circulating it and keep that moving um and we will find solutions we'll find answers and mm. we'll t continue to grow in, in an area that needs support um but um you know it's it is um you know it nothing gives me greater pleasure than to be able to provide um uh you know products that help uh, and that's what we're in it for at the end of the day and uh, you know we're all in this together united we are uh, in a market and uh, again i'm trying to come away from the word industry and just uh, mm -hmm. you know word it as it is in in, in, a, in a way of life that determines a better safer um healthier uh practice and and lifestyle for everybody involved in this world so yeah uh, 100%. Pleasure. Andrew, Andrew Sharman says that it's a safety is a social exercise and and I think what you're doing there just you know is a testament to that and you're right once we come together we'll we'll get there so 
let's finish off then. If you want to just kind of give us an, so someone's listened to this or listened to you and they're thinking, wow, you know, I want to know more about Paul or the HSE network or, or, you know, the global series foundation, anything like that. Do you want to just kind of tell them how to get hold of you or how to get hold of the business, what the business is in a nutshell? I know you spoke about it through the podcast, but just in a, in a nutshell, just kind of say, this is what we do. This is how we can help you. This is how you can come and get us. Yeah, absolutely. Well, I mean, again, we're not an events organizer. The the events itself are vehicles uh, and they're just products. You know, we do not class ourselves as an events organizer. We have uh, two, well, three businesses. We have the HSE Global Series. The HSE Global Series is um, is a corporate events schedule, uh, which are active right now in the UK Europe, North America, and Middle East markets, and we enter Africa in September 2020. So our goal is to grow uh, senior leadership forums, for the, which last two days, um, with the best possible highlight speakers, cutting-edge speakers, and they're run by their own senior leadership advisory councils for each region, made up of HSE leaders from that particular country or continent, which makes sure that our content is the best of breed, and it's run by the industry for the industry, not run by an events organizer that puts the content together themselves so it's very cutting edge it's it's the best possible breed in 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 content um and it, it determines the best in breed attendees as well so uh, like i say we provide those vehicles uh, as as means to people to keep that physical optimum engagement uh, on in health and safety and environmental globally so that's the hsc global series and then we have hsc network which is a digital online uh, content portal it's going to be providing articles content pieces case study success stories and it will ha also have a tv network or what we're calling uh, interview content which is basically interviews with senior business leaders from all over the globe so that includes the likes of james pomeroy from lois register jason anchor um uh, Ro uh, rob schellinger the vice president of HSEQ for Talos Energy, uh, Mr. John Green, who's a huge advocate of safety differently theories and human performance, and he's going around the world right now talking about these topics. He's the chief safety officer of ACON. We've interviewed these guys, and we're pro providing a, a best uh, a be the opportunity to 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 basically engage in actual interviews with these guys from the comfort of your office, from your mobile phone, anywhere in the world. So that's HSE Network, which also uh, tie in the best possible uh, unique content that you get your hands on and then the third business all coming under my company and my organization is the HSE Global Series Foundation which is what we just talked about a minute ago which is the uh, charitable fund which will be providing um, a resource uh, and funds and monetary opportunities for um, uh, individuals and families that have lost love, loved ones as a result of workplace incidents and um, so these are our, our businesses uh, like I say we're a consultant we're a thought leader we're passionate about health and safety um, and we're here to change the market and hopefully help uh, break through this global plateau in HSC improvement. If you'd like to reach out, give me a call or, or contact us directly uh, at paul at paulclarkconsulting.co.uk or paul at hseglobalseries.com. Um, and we, we, we love to hear from you. It'd be great to hear from anybody that would like to know more about our business uh, and excited to go on this journey with anybody that would be interested. 
Awesome. <clears throat> we'll put all the websites, addresses, LinkedIn's, uh, all in the description for everyone to click on and go to. Uh, we'll link. If I'll, I'll have a look for your book on uh, Amazon as well, and I'll link that in there as well. Um, I might even have a look myself. I might see. Uh, <laughs> I could do with some sales skills. Maybe I'll like have a purchase. Put it on the wish list. Yeah, build, but, buy the book, mate. Building Sales Warriors. Yeah, I'm right. on Amazon. <laughs> I, I can't sell for shit, so I think I definitely would need that. Give give that a read. Um, okay, Paul, that was awesome. Thank you very much. You're welcome, mate. No problem at all. Okay, guys, thanks for listening. That was episode two of the mini series. Blake, again, breaking the plateau. How hard is it to say breaking? Like Jesus Christ. Anyway. That was episode two. How awesome is the work that Paul Clark's doing? It's absolutely spot on. Um, his way he works, his mannerisms, how he is, completely resonates with me. I absolutely love his style. Don't forget to go check him out on LinkedIn. Check out what the HSC Global Series, the HSC Network is doing. Just follow the LinkedIn pages ahead of a lot coming from them in the future. And you definitely want to be keeping your eye on that. Check out all the links in the description. Um, if you've enjoyed this podcast, then give us a like or a rating or a review on whatever platform you're listening. We really, really appreciate it. If you rate or review us on iTunes, take a screenshot, share it with us on Twitter so we can give you a shout out in the podcast. Don't forget to share this podcast, people. There's lots of businesses out there, self-employed, tradesmen, etc., that haven't got a clue of what's going on in the industry. We need to share this stuff out there. Let's not be insular. Let's not work in a silo. If we want to make a difference, we need to give this shit out for free. Let's share it. Help me do that. I make no proceeds from this. I just want to help you all. So share it for me, please. I would love to see it. And if I see you share it, 100%, I will give you a shout-out and you will feel like you've succeeded in life because you've had a shout-out on rebranding safety. That's all you've ever endeavoured to achieve in your life, right? Right? Anyway, don't forget to come back next week and listen to episode three where we close out, we finish all... We finish... We talk all about compliance, stopping a conversation. So is that kind of chastising us from further innovation and innovative ideas and and collaboration etc etc and that's all with john dempsey so don't forget to check in next week Uh, i'll talk to you next week safe